Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. 105 in Edmonton. This is our number two of Oilers Now, the Wednesday edition. Brendan Escott in the big chair. The show Brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You want to keep in touch? You can do so on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. That's 780-496-0063. That number is also our new Ashley Fine Floors text line. Floors strong enough for every mini sticks tournament. Ask me the last time I played mini sticks you might be surprised it wasn't that long ago so that's a uh, number again is 780-496-0063 pleased as always to be joined by David Staples from the Cult of Hockey here on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline David it's been a couple weeks since we connected how did the holidays go for you oh they were they were excellent yeah uh, played a lot of hockey coached some hockey so uh watched a lot of hockey and the orders are playing a lot better, Brendan. So that's a, that was a, that was the nicest thing. That was one of the nicest things out of the holidays is the orders' recent turn of events and that fantastic game in Toronto. Couldn't have, couldn't have happened to a better city for the Oilers to come in there and dominate. <laughs> Seven Oilers from the province of Ontario. You know there was a lot of butts in those seats cheering for the the wrong team, so to speak, and they definitely put on the show. But you kind of mentioned it there, a bit of an ugly stretch, and it was a heavy schedule, but it was a lot of home games, and they just didn't really step up in December the way that they needed to. Things are changing here. Uh, obviously, they're simplifying this game a lot on the road, but is there anything that's really been the key to success in this turnaround lately? Well, I would single out Connor McDavid. Honestly, like he—he he is the—he's making a, a statement, a claim again to be NHL MVP. And it was funny because his name was kind of dropping a little bit from the talk as the orders had dropped in the standings. And if, if we're all completely honest, he had been going through a stretch uh, of weak defensive play. He was there's a, there's a lot of uh, you know the highly skilled order forwards. I think grew up with the puck on their stick. And um, when it comes to defensive play, they're just so puck-focused, puck-obsessed, and it can lead to puck-watching. And um, we're seeing a little bit of that. Dreisaitl's still struggling with it. Nugent Hopkins has struggled with it um, on and off. And McDavid was as well. But in the last two or three weeks, you know, there was a spate of criticism. And I just think he's responded uh, splendidly. His defensive play, um, picking up people in the slot, recognizing the danger man in the slot, like the player without the puck. Um, 
it, I don't think I'm making this up. I think I've noticed him noticing it on the ice. He's he's making those plays and playing with the defensive intensity that we haven't seen from him uh, in some time. And it's exactly what this team needs because you know the, the margin of difference between NHL teams now is so small. And you, you can say, well, all this the skilled players just have to score, but but really, that's not the case. If the Oilers are going to make the playoffs, it's going to be McDavid and Drysaddle, you know, calling them to a certain extent, kicking and screaming into the playoffs. But they're doing that now, and and McDavid's play has just been uh, his two-way play, not just his fantastic offense, but his two-way play has been uh, really notable and and uh, superlative. And perhaps given the start that they got off to, they needed to struggle a little bit to realize the importance of having to play that. Uh, heads up and alert in your own defensive zone. I've I really like McDavid on the back check when when he's putting some effort into it. I don't think there's anybody better because there's nobody faster than him. But you're right. Once they settle into that zone, I notice that the head isn't necessarily on the swivel. So if they can get that part of it right, it I think they'll continue being in the right direction. But another big piece of this, David, of course, has been the call up of Kyler Yamamoto and what he's been able to uh, spark the offense and and really even playing pretty well in his defensive zone as well. You know, for years we went Brendan and here in Edmonton without really significant uh, contributions from the farm system on an ongoing basis to the team, and it's, it was the re- it's the real reason for the decade of darkness was poor drafting and development. And and here we have this year suddenly uh, Kyler Yamamoto making this massive contribution on the in the top six. We finally we have two lines, two you know we have a top six that actually looks like a top six uh, with you know. Yamamoto, Neil, Cassian, there was question marks about all three of those players coming into the year, but they've all been um they're 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 getting it done right now in the in a top six role and, and Cutter Yamamoto, he always when he came up the first two times, he had pretty good underlying numbers, like in terms of you know, his on ice numbers and his scoring chance numbers, which we measure at the cult of hockey. But he had no finish around the net. He just in that final stretch he couldn't take the ball over the goal line, so to speak. He just couldn't cash in. And that's one big difference we're seeing. And we're seeing a bit more bite and awareness in his defensive game as well. So if he can stay healthy, um, that's huge for the Oilers. But it's not just him. You know, Caleb Jones, when he's in the lineup, he gives that the team that extra puck mover that they need on defense. And Ethan Bear obviously has been, um, if not the Oilers' best defenseman, he, he nursing cleft ball. I mean, they're all in the running for that title, if you ask me. That's how good Ethan Bear has been. So for the first time, we're getting this this great contribution uh, from the farm system and the good news is I think there's more on the way. Yeah, I tend to agree with that and it sounds like uh, just with Bob hinting over the last couple of days that Tyler Benson's phone might ring real soon here. The cupboards have are, are deeper down in Bakersfield, David, as we know, than they have been in a long, long time, perhaps ever, but a lot of the credit has to go to Jay Woodcroft as well and what he's been able to do with these kids over the last couple of seasons, in my opinion. You know, I listen to him when he's interviewed on Owners Now, and he comes across to me um, as a ver- as a teacher. He seems to be someone who's really committed to teaching hockey skills, and I think he's very well suited to this role in Bakersfield. And they're they're obviously doing a good job. I mean, the development we saw in Ethan Bear uh, and Caleb Jones from their first year onwards was pretty remarkable. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I was doubtful that Bear would ever make the NHL, but he, I mean, partly it, give credit to Ethan Bear, he really worked hard, but, you know, his skating, his positional plays, decision-making, all those things have improved. And we're seeing the same thing now. I mean, I, I watched the uh, the Bakersfield Condors come in now and then on um, AHL TV, which is pretty tough watching, but you get a sense of, of the play. And Evan Bouchard's play from the beginning of the year has 
uh, improved dramatically. So I saw, you know, you, you can all read the stats, he's minus 11, you wonder, oh, what does that mean? Well, I'm here to tell you it doesn't mean a lot right now because I don't know how he got that minus 11 uh, goals plus minus, but he has really picked up his defensive play. Uh, we, you, you mentioned head on a swivel. That's what I really noticed. He's such a cool customer, Bouchard, and he doesn't always engage with enough bite, uh, but he's improved his gap control in the neutral zone. He's he's much he's he's denying players entry, uh, easy zone entries much more than he did in the past. But in the defensive slot, uh, he he really does constantly shoulder check, look around to cover the right player, and he's on the right player. So even though he's not this super aggressive, you know, Chris Russell intensity in the defensive slot, he does get the job done just by being smart and uh, looking around for the guys to cover. There was one play in particular. Um, the last game where it was a it was a tr- kind of a tricky three man rush and there was three defenders but they were all kind of disorganized and it was Bouchard who who kind of pointed out to the veteran players okay you cover that guy and I'm going to take this guy like on the fly during a rush he's the one pointing his fingers and communicating verbally about where everyone's supposed to go and he got it right you you know sometimes they don't get it right so he's a smart player and I was you know his defense is what's holding him out of the NHL right now because the the passing is extraordinary his shots extraordinary but he once he gets this defense stuff down and he's getting it he's gonna he's gonna really add to the Oilers right as we chat with David Staples here from the cult of hockey and the thing it's interesting because he, he's a Mark Hunter product right he played his career for the London Knights and we just yeah. watched Mark Hunter coach the the world junior team on, on the I would say that is arguably the biggest hockey stage in the world particularly because these kids are so young and there's so much pressure on the Canadian team. But the one guy who is cool under pressure, as you talked about, was Joel Hofer to me, and that really propelled them to a lot of success. So if you get a defenseman in here, particularly into a Canadian market like this one, David, like a Bouchard, who is just kind of a cool customer, to quote you there, um, not a bad thing to have on the back end, but it's also not a bad thing that this isn't all happening for him at 20 years old. They're allowed some development time, and, and it clearly is paying off. Brendan, that is such an excellent point because we saw a very similar player to Bouchard come through town, Justin Schultz. And um, when he came, like he did spend a number of years in college and um, half a year in the AHL because of the lockout. But and when he got here, he's a little bit older. But he was, as soon as he got here, he was thrust into a top four role and was in way over his head in that role. So when Bouchard does get here, he's just going to be in the... You know, he's going to take at least a year, maybe a year and a half for him to get here. When he gets here, he's not going to be in the top four. So what it became toxic for Justin Schultz in Edmonton because he just started to make all these mistakes and he lost his confidence. He made more mistakes. So you could see his obvious talent, you know, the talent that has helped him win a Stanley Cup in Pittsburgh and earn a big contract come through. But he, he just couldn't it was time for him to leave in Edmonton in, in the end because it had gotten so bad here uh, because of the, the learning on the job and all the problems that came with that. And that's not going to happen. That's not happening with Bouchard. It's not going to happen with any of these prospects. Maximov, who's down there, Skinner, Benson, Marodi. Like, these are all players who, who I think can one day play in Edmonton. Uh, but they're learning the game out of the spotlight, and that's a good thing. Now, having this sort of internal competition, David, that should be fuel to guys like Jujar Kara, Joe Kim Nygaard, Alex Chason, guys in the bottom six who might have their jobs as the season continues on. Not called into question per se, but there's going to be some of these young guys, if not this year, certainly next, pushing for more playing time at this level. That's not a bad thing in terms of motivating guys, I would think. What do you think about that? 
Well, just imagine. I mean, if you're an NHL player, you ha- you realize if if you play well, if you're a bottom six NHL forward, if you play well, you can get a two million dollar contract. You can get two million dollars, or three. You can get two million dollars over two years, or maybe even better. Uh, you could, or you could even just earn another million dollars. This has got to be just a huge motivation. So when there's competition for that that million dollars, like people will do a lot of lot for a million dollars. So, yes. You know, the, it's interesting with with Jude Kara because, and with Haas and, and Negard to a certain extent, like they, they they're all players who need to consistently get something done and, and get the job done, and they can stay on in the NHL. And right now, we're seeing I think Haas and Negard really step up. They're, they're they're using their speed, they're buzzing around, they're making plays, they're they're disrupting, they're making themselves noticed. Whereas Kara, I don't, he's never been in such a, such a bad defensive slump as he's been in right now he's bobbling the puck giving away the puck causing goals against and and he's he's been a fan favorite at times in the past and but it's just kind of painful to watch and and i wonder if it's you know is it uh confidence is he putting too much pressure on himself what's the issue with this player why do we see such bouts of inconsistency with Kara? um and the fact is if he doesn't come up with an answer himself to that He's not going to be in Edmonton a whole lot longer. I don't think he's been here three years now. And he he can be a valuable NHL player. He's big, strong, physical, can make plays. But if the defensive mistakes continue for a, a player who's being paid to play defense, um, I just think maybe a move will be in his best interest and the order's best interest. Would it be crazy for me to compare him to where Zach Cassian has brought his career level to? Because if Carroll was a third-round pick out of the BCHL, I believe, and, and you know, he's got obviously the physical attributes to be an excellent player. So, But Cassian always did as well and couldn't find that consistency. So I wonder if there's a bit of a reluctancy by management to let go of this player, knowing what the ceiling could be when he figures out how to turn it on on a game-to-game basis, the same way that so many teams tried with Cassian until he really found a home next to McDavid. That is that is a really fair comment because you know, I was just thinking about this. Because initially I was thinking, when you brought up the comparison, I think, well, Cassian's a much better skater. But Kara's actually a pretty good skater. Cassian is a much is a better skater, but Kara's not a, a terrible skater. And and I remember last year, though, at this time, or just you know before Hitchcock got the job, people were, were hoping to, to, that Cassian would be traded out of town and wondering if anyone would take him. Like on his contract, a million nine a year. Like right. everyone was saying, no one's going to take this guy to a million nine. He's, he's a four fine player. He's not getting the job done. And he can't kill penalties. So we were so down on Cassian. So the same thought applies. Like, yeah, this is why I think the Oilers have, have stuck with Jujar Kara because they're, you know, there's some real strong physical tools there. And if the mental game comes and if the confidence can come, um, and we've seen him pl- given chances with Nugent Hopkins, um, and he's done well. Uh, in a in a top role, so maybe maybe that's it. Maybe he's miscast as a, a checker, and just needs to. But he's got to earn it, you know, that top six role. So it's a conundrum. Uh, players like that, and, and it could well turn out that that he he's traded elsewhere and he doesn't turn out. But he or or maybe they'll stick with him and he can find a way to suddenly step up like Cassie did. It's I I just have lots of question marks and and not much in the way of answers. 
He, uh, as we chat with David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, he seems like a likely piece, in my opinion, anyway, to go the other direction in an uh, Alex Athanaseu trade. Um, but one can only speculate. Although we did hear Brian Lawton say earlier, David, that uh, there could be a move or two coming right before the deadline here. So despite, uh, I think Holland was interviewed by Pierre Lebrun earlier today or earlier uh, yesterday saying that they need these next couple of weeks to figure out whether they're going to be buyers or sellers. But as you alluded to, maybe Kara's going the other way. We talked Cassian. I know we wanted to talk about James Neal a little bit here. So we'll end with that. Is this a long-term top line in your opinion? Do you think that they've shown you signs that this could be something they can run with for a little bit? I think that Neil can, like, if I'm completely honest, I just think he, he can't bring his A game every game at his age. Um, he's, he's, uh, he, he will get too, like, his A game involves a lot of checking, a lot of hard banging. And uh, I think he's got to, so can he fit in? Like, he's going to be up and down, inconsistent. But I think he's one of those players, uh, when you get to the playoffs, where he's going to be able to turn it on and go really hard. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Because when he does bring that A game, when he's playing physical, hitting people, he had 10 hits against Toronto. I mean, 10 hits. Um, he can get it done. And I know a lot of people are skeptical because they see that minus 21 uh, beside his name, plus minus. But, you know, he's he's been on the ice for 39 goals against Brendan, but he's only been, we, we track, like, you know, we do video analysis. To, mm-hmm. Is he at fault or not? He's only been at fault on seven of the 39. And eight of them have been in empty net situations. Seven have been on the power play. On the power play, he's in front of the net. Like, if there's a power play goal against it's not his fault usually, it's, and he hasn't been to blame on one of them. So that minus 21 he has is really a misleading stat. I think he's been a, he's been obviously a fantastic, outstanding power player. He's second in league in scoring on the power play. But at even strength, I think he's been kind of okay. And when he's able to crank up that A game and play physical, I think he's actually good as an even strength player. Where can people find your work, David? Let's remind them of that. At the Cult of Hockey. Wonderful. That's on Twitter there for you, David. A pleasure uh, reconnecting with you. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Bren. Thanks very much. Once again, uh, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey there. 122 in Edmonton. We'll press pause on Oilers now. Back with the James H. Brown Injury Report. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. jam there a little pearl jam in fact excellent stuff going on in the oilers now song rotator Brendan Escott in behind the chair today. Hey, make sure to uh, go down and see the gang at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. They are an eight-time President's Diamonds Award winner for customer satisfaction. And right now, a great time to buy. They are clearing out all 2019s, up to $14,000 off 2019 F-150s. Give the gang at Brent Ridge a call. That's 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. If you are traveling down the QE2 today, I I think that's how you get there. Forgive me, I have not been down those those parts yet. Please turn your lights on and drive cautiously. It's a bit of a mess out there. A couple texters, a lot of tweeters, and people who have other ways of accessing Bob and I have been wondering what is going on with our podcast segment. So for those of you listening right now, allow me to peel back the curtain a little bit. Nothing has really changed in terms of how I'm uploading these things. I believe it's something to do with the new Apple operating software. 
on my personal cell phone, I experience the same issues. So I do know what you're looking at. I do deeply apologize that this is going on. We have been working tirelessly over the last little bit here to figure out what the problem is on the back end so that the uploads continue properly. You can always find our stuff if you go to 630ched.com, click on the Oilers Now page. Now, I know that doesn't do you any favors when you're working out at the gym or what have you. Um, the best solution I can offer you right now is we have had some people with success if you unsubscribe and then resubscribe. So give that a try if you haven't already. I apologize. We are working on it. We are aware of it and uh, we hope to have a solution sooner than later. So I uh, appreciate you guys uh, drawing our attention to that at uh, this time. We're going to shift over here to the James H. Brown Injury Report and is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Blackhawks forward Dylan Strom left last night's game against Calgary with an ankle injury, did not return. He is being reevaluated today. They are already a little bit injury ravaged without Brandon Saad, Drake Kajula, and Andrew Shaw. Sharks forward Logan Couture also left last night's game with a knee issue. As far as the Oilers next opponent, Montreal Canadiens have Brendan Gallagher sidelined with a concussion. He's listed as questionable for tomorrow. Uh, Yoel Armia has an upper body issue. He's out until the end of this month. Paul Byron on the IR with a knee ailment and Jonathan Drouin recovering from torn ligaments in his wrist. So you look at the free fall that the Habs have had in the last seven games. Winless, in fact, in their last seven not making excuses, but you can kind of attribute a lot of that to some of their big guns not being in the lineup. We do have time for a couple of quick text messages here at 780-496-0063. A reminder, we've got John Shannon coming up after our 1.30 news break. Uh, hey, Brendan, I heard that Josh Anderson might be available. Do you think the Oilers would be interested? And if so, what do you think they would need to trade for him? Yes, he and what? That's an interesting question. I love the player. I think Josh Anderson is a Western Conference player. He's having a very down year. He's about a $1.8 million cap hit right now. He's the kind of player that I think would play well in a playoff series. We know we can score. He did it last year. Great time to buy low. I would love to see the Oilers target a guy like Josh Anderson. If he's your third line right winger, I think you're in pretty good shape. So I like the player a lot in terms of what they would give up. I think they could get more in a trade for Yessi, so I don't I don't know if that's necessarily the thing. Maybe a third round pick, maybe a, a fourth and a lower level prospect. That's sort of the route that I would be looking to take on an Anderson deal. Don't give up too much for him because right now you don't have to. We'll get a couple thoughts from our NHL insider John Shannon coming up after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.